I'm Anna, a young university student. And I'm Marissa, a middle-aged palliative care doctor. And it might seem like we don't have that much in common. But we're both really passionate about climate change. And we're mother and daughter. So welcome to Green Girl Talk. Before we jump into today's feature focus, uh, we thought we'd give you a little update because we've missed a few weeks on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I started university again. It's all online. I think that's probably why we stopped for a bit. Yeah, you've been, been pretty busy. busy. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad we're back to it now. And we have a professional microphone now, so that's right. exciting. It is very exciting. I feel so professional. All right, so today's feature focus, uh, we thought we'd go back to talking about some celebrity activists. We haven't done that uh, in quite some time, and so we've picked two to talk about today. So I, well, I'll start? Sure. Um, so I'm going to talk about Jane Fonda. My notes are a little like out of order, so I might get confused. Um, but she has been an activist like her whole life. Not just with climate change, Mm -hmm. but with a lot of different things. Um, And then last fall, she had an epiphany about the state of our planet. And she talked about being really depressed. And Mm -hmm. she was kind of feeling very hopeless. And then once she figured out what she was going to do and how she wanted to help fight climate change, then she started feeling a lot more optimistic. Um, So she called her friend, uh, Annie Leonard who's the director of Greenpeace. And she originally, Jane Fonda wanted to camp in front of the White House for a whole year. Wow. She's 82 right now. Could you imagine that? Actually, I don't know if she was 82 at the time. Okay. But still, even. She was 81 at the time. Yeah, Yeah. that's crazy. I don't don't know if I could do that. (laughs) Um, And Leonard, like, politely declined. Right. (laughs) She's 82. Um... But then, obviously, she wasn't just going to stop and do nothing because of that. So she was inspired by Greta Thunberg's school strike for Climate Fridays, which was Greta skipped school every Friday. And she, right. Did she sit outside of the parliament, the parliament there? Yeah. Yeah. So We've talked about Greta on a previous <laughs> podcast, so if you want to go back and reference that one. <laughs> so inspired by that, Jane Fonda came up with something, something called Fire Drill Fridays. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I haven't. Um, so each Friday, activists protest a different climate catastrophe, and it's and they have weekly demonstrations on Capitol Hill. Mm-hmm. So obviously, right now that's not happening because of COVID, of COVID, but they are having online oh. demonstrations and rallies. Uh, so I think that'd be really interesting yeah. to see. I'm not sure if it's weekly right now. It might be bi-weekly. Okay. Um, and when they were in person, Fonda was arrested five times. Wow. Which I think is crazy, because yeah. she's like 82. That's right. crazy. Um, but last year, on December 21st, of so 2019, she that was when she was arrested for her fifth time. Okay. And she said that her day in police detention was the best birthday party ever. So I think it's just great that she's so passionate, and she's willing to like go out there, even if she's going to get arrested at, yeah. like at her age. Right. That's pretty crazy. And she's a pretty public figure. Yeah. So I think, but I think the police are probably a bit careful with her because she's the pictures famous. are so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so then she also has a book called "What Can I Do: My Path from Climate Despair to Action," which actually came out very recently. It came out September eighth, twenty twenty. Wow. So okay, put that on my Christmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's talking about 
I think it's talking about how she was like depressed about climate change and then how she became more optimistic and how she's trying to make a difference in what you can do. Yeah. So I think that's a good book. One of us should read it. Or Definitely. Us. Yeah. And 100% of her net profits go to Greenpeace. Somebody else was just telling me they just read her autobiography, which oh. I think is a different, obviously probably a different book. And they said it was really good and there was a lot about her activism in there as well. Mm -hmm. um, the other... Th the last thing I have, she was talking about the coming up election. Yeah. I know we talk about voting a lot because right. it's important. Um, so she sees this upcoming election as the do or die moment for climate reform. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it could, it probably is true. Right. Because the United States is one of the biggest carbon emitters. Yeah. And Trump pulled out from the Paris Agreement right. last year, I think. Oh, in 2017. It was in 2017? Oh. Yeah. Um, time flies. And, yeah. <laughs> and we're running out of time. Right. I forget how much time they say is left before there's no turning back. I, I think it's like seven seven years? Um, well, the book I'm reading now says uh, we have 10 years to cut emissions by 50%. Mm. So I think 10 years. Because I think like they were saying 12 years before, mm. but... So voting is very important is. if you're an American citizen. Yes. Um, and Jane Fonda had a funny quote about the election, yeah. talking about Joe Biden. And she was kind of talking about how a lot of people wanted Bernie and he had stronger views on climate change and more ideas than Biden. Right. Um, and some people are like disappointed that it's Biden. Not, yeah, that yeah. it's not Bernie. So, But this is her quote. Yeah. We're not asking them to send him a valentine. We're not asking them to fall in love with him or date him. Come on, get over yourself and get ready to fight the fight of your life. Nice. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> that's good. That's yeah. very good. Yeah, that's really interesting what you said sort of about her emotional journey. Because, not that I'm anything like Jane Fonda, obviously <laughs> not. But I have found, and I guess we didn't say another reason why I haven't been pushing harder on doing our podcast is I finished a book on climate change that I reviewed on our last uh, podcast and I felt really depressed after I finished mm -hmm. that book and um, just like despair and grief about the climate situation and so I was kind of feeling like what's the point and now the book that I'm reading now which I'll probably be finished and review on our next podcast has made me feel like the opposite like really hopeful about what we mm -hmm. can do so um, books are really important. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I decided to look at Robert Redford because in my mind he's sort of a contemporary with Jane Fonda and I thought they'd done a lot of movies together. They've only done four movies together um, but he's 84 and so they are like big stars of the same era um, and so you know he's really well known for his acting and for his directing and he's in 2002, he got the Academy Award for Lifetime Achievement. He's gotten an Academy Award for Best Director, and he's gotten lots of uh, Golden Globe Awards. But again, what people might not know is that he's also gotten a ton of awards for his environmental work. Um, so 1989, he got the Audubon Medal. In 1987, he got the UN Global 500 Award. In 1994, he got a Nature Conservancy Award. Um, and there was another, an international uh, French Legion of Honor award. So, you know, he's gotten these awards because he's done a lot of work. And similar to, like, Jane Fonda, like, he's definitely a big environmentalist, but he also, like, um, is an activist for other things. 
uh, things that really appeal to me, like Native rights mm -hmm. and LGBTQ rights, and he's an activist for the arts. Um, so just like a few of the things that he's done, because he's been at it a long time. He was a trustee uh, for over 30 years on the Natural Resources Defense Council. Um, he uh, strongly opposed and helped organize action against the Trans-Canada Keystone Pipeline. Uh, he's uh, a trustee at a, a, a small college, and that college was one of the first to divest from fossil fuel stocks in their endowment, kind of leading the way for other colleges and universities to do the same thing. Um, he's been involved in many pieces of environmental legislation over the years, including the Clean Air Act, the Energy Conservation and Protection Act, um, and like that. And uh, he started first holding some summits at, at Sundance to bring together politicians at all different levels to work on climate change. And um, then he founded something called the Redford Center, which is in Utah that uh, looks at problem-solving environmental problems, embracing creativity and conviction. Its mandate is to drive mass participation in a movement towards environmental justice, and it's a premier environmental film and media nonprofit center. And so in their media and film stuff, they do all sorts of different uh, activities for uh, educating people at all different levels. Um, I was trying to see like what's the most recent thing they've done. So they just announced, um, I think within the last month or two, that they're funding 22 feature-length environmental documentaries in 2020. Wow. So, yeah, pretty cool, right? And there's like a list of uh, some of the topics on their website. Um, yeah, so that's all I have to say about Robert Redford. Uh, I actually just remembered something yeah. about him. Uh, it was probably like five years ago, I think. We might have talked about this in a really old episode. It, I don't remember what company was doing it, but it was like about environmental conservation. And right. they put out these little like 30 second oh, yeah, yeah, videos, videos and then right. the celebrities talked. Like yeah. they were different parts of nature. The, of nature. Right. Like he did one and I think he was like redwood trees oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, so i think he did the trees right um and those are really good so those we, are. we could link those yeah i like those a lot for the tips today i didn't really look into anything specific i guess just because it's hard to relate it back to jane fonda and robert redford uh so i guess a big thing i wanted to say is just that i know we're in covid times and you can't really go out and do things like you can't go out to like a climate march which is something that i did last year around this time and it was uh it was really fun so i guess just keep an eye out for online stuff because like jane fonda has the online rallies which i think is really cool and online events i mean they don't sound as fun obviously but i think People have been doing a really good job of still making them just as engaging as and as exciting as in-person ones. So specifically, maybe look into the Jane Fonda one. I'm sure there are many other ones that I don't know about. Um, so that's my first tip. And then I know that we've been saying this a lot. I feel like we literally say this every episode now. But big tip, go vote. It's so important. This election is so important. I voted, I think most, 
people that I know voted um, who are American. So please go out and vote. It's so important, not just for climate change, but for a lot of things. Um, But specifically for climate change, this is a very important election. So yeah, go out and vote. Try to do some online rallies maybe, or maybe you could take an online class. I know on Masterclass, there's one by Jane Goodall about conservation and I know my mom has been doing that and that's a very good masterclass. So yeah, just take this time if you have extra time to try to learn more, do an online course, just to try to inform yourself about the environment, about climate change and vote. That's very important. Go vote. So today we actually don't have an arts and entertainment review, but we have something very special and very exciting. So today we're going to have my bubby and my mom's mom, Marcia Slavin. She's going to be reading a poem about climate change. So here it is. I hope you enjoy. A 21st century confession. We confess our sins against the earth. We commit ourselves to saving it. We have assaulted our planet in countless ways. We have blamed others for the spiraling, deepening crisis We have consumed thoughtlessly and irresponsibly. We have driven myriad species to the point of extinction. We have exhausted irreplaceable resources. We have failed to transcend borders and act unselfishly. We have given in to our many appetites and our gluttony. We have harmed beyond repair the habitats of living beings. We have ignored the signs of change in our climate and our seasons. We have jeopardized the well-being of future generations. We have known the problem, but left problem-solving to others. We have lost sight of our role as God's partners in creation. We have mocked, cynically, those who love creatures great and small. We have neglected the environment, most of all in places of poverty. We have overpopulated our cities and overfished our oceans. We have polluted seashore and sky, fertile soil and freshwater springs. We have questioned and doubted solid evidence of danger. We have ravaged the old growth forests, ecosystems created over centuries. We have spewed poison into the bloodstream of our land, its rivers, lakes and estuaries. We have transformed dazzling beauty into industrial ugliness. We have used shared resources for personal gain and corporate profit. We have violated the commandment, do not destroy. We have wasted precious treasures, our God-given gifts. We have exploited the weakest and most vulnerable in our midst. And yet, we yearn to be better guardians of this earth and the fullness thereof. Let us be zealous now to care for this unique corner of the cosmos, this planet, our sacred home. So for today's good news, I have a few things. Um, One is that it's fall and back to school. I had some uh, good news about kids going back to school, um, and I know you're doing school from home, but (laughs) lots of kids are going back to school. Um, So this was an article that I found that showed in the U.S. the number of kindergarten through grade 12 schools 
using solar energy at least 80% of the time has increased by 81% in the last five years. Um, it means that approximately 5.3 million kids go to school every day using solar power. Um, and this is at no cost at all to the schools. So it's wow. a benefit to everyone, the environment and the kids and the schools. Um, another piece of good news uh, was that in Canada, where we are, the Liberal government, uh, Justin Trudeau, gave his throne speech and he uh, had climate action as a big cornerstone to Canada's economic recovery. Um, it included things like cutting tax rate for green manufacturing, creating jobs and retrofitting, a plan to exceed the 2030 climate targets uh, to be 30% below 2005 levels, uh, to use native-based solutions to find climate change, um, and a bunch of other things. And so in the throne speech, it's sort of like a state of the union. It's like what they're planning to do, but they, they don't give a lot of uh, specific details that will come in the budget. But the important thing is that after that, they have a vote, and it's one of the two times in Canada where the government could be brought down if they don't get enough members of parliament to agree with the plan. But they did, so um, they can go forward and make a budget for that plan. And the final piece of good news um, is kind of one of those, like, good news, bad news kind of things, just where you have to be aware, because, um, so I read this headline, and it said the Royal Bank of Canada is the first major Canadian bank to refuse to fund oil drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. So it's like, yay, they're, and then I thought, well, like, but it's a wildlife refuge, <laughs> obviously there shouldn't mm -hmm. be drilling there. Um, and so... Of course, that makes sense, but it was just very recently. Um, so the RBC decision comes on the heels of a U.S. Um, uh, government decision to open up the refuge for oil and gas development. And 13 different environmental organizations are taking the Department of Interior to court in the U.S. about that. So that's a good thing. Um, and uh, I guess... Again, then I was like, oh, RBC is so great, though. I'm so proud of them. I should switch banks. But then there was a report by uh, a very credible environmental watchdog agency that was released earlier this year that found that the Royal Bank is the biggest funder of fossil fuel development in Canada. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where you can read a headline and you can be happy for what's in the headline, but it's worth digging a bit deeper as well. Like I feel they were just jumping on the bandwagon mm -hmm. there a bit. Um, anyways, that's all the good news for today. Thanks for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. And stay tuned for more.